Hello, folks. Welcome back to uh, On the Barricades, uh, the, the special edition where, uh, where, where, where I, uh, Yuri Smouter of uh, One Plus One at Yuri Muckraker at YouTube, joins the Barricades to do our uh, annual, and we hope we, we make this a regular thumbs up, thumbs down with me joining uh, Maria and Boyan. And uh, so on this segment, uh, Maria, what is your thumbs up and thumbs down that that that, that, that you want to uh discuss uh, to uh, to uh, to our audience hello thank you for having me it's uh, great to be here uh, again in this special edition uh well my thumbs up is to the union uh, sanitas uh, the union for doctor nurses and auxiliary personnel in hospitals they went on strike demanding their wages to be paid i have to explain what the situation means the social democrats back in 2017 decided to raise and it was a wonderful thing that they raised the salaries of doctors, nurses, but uh, they said uh, they are going to raise the um, wages of everyone. I mean, the cleaning personnel, the ones that uh, help around the accountancy and all the administrative personnel and so on and so forth, because, of course, doctors and nurses are important, but equally important are the rest of the personnel that make a public hospital run properly. So the idea was that it would have been a much, uh, heavy burden on the budget to raise altogether all the salaries for all these categories of uh, health workers. So they decided to raise first the wages of uh, nurses and doctors, and then uh, it would have been a due date to raise the... Um, uh, they sent a contract saying that in two weeks' time or in three weeks' time, they are going to raise the, the uh, wages of the other personnel that works uh, in uh, public hospitals in Romania, and they haven't done that. And of course, uh, it is unbelievable that um, the national liberals that are in power right now, and they formed a, an alliance with Union Save Romania. This sounds very neo-evangelical, <laughs> but this is a political party, a right-wing political party that is actually one of the most progressive in terms of cutting ties with the Romanian Orthodox Church and uh, cutting its financing. But they are very pro-libertarian, so they are on the same page uh, very much with, um, with uh, the national liberals. So, so like, uh, my thumbs like up. Fiscal conservative slash neoliberal, yes, uh, course, neoliberalism. Exactly. In economic terms, they are one of the same uh, libertarians. So my thumbs up is uh, to the workers trying to get their rights to be uh, respected according to the law that was uh, signed uh, back in 2017. Now, I have a lot of thumbs down. So you have to be, be aware of the fact that Romania has to overcome now one of the worst periods and it's most uh, severely hit by the pandemic. We, I think there was a day when we ranked like number five in the world in terms of deaths due to coronavirus. And I have to explain 
why is it tragic? Is it tragic because, well, it's tragic by itself, but I have to uh, make it relate to other data. And the data is simple. On a daily basis in Romania, out of different causes and uh, not when we have a pandemic, so die like 700 people. Now, just imagine that we had days in Romania where we had 400 people die due to COVID and COVID complications. So more more than 60% of the uh, cases and deaths were Oh, so Boyan is showing right now. Yay, we rank number one. <laughs> Just look. Wow. <laughs> we rank number one. We made it, guys. We are number one <laughs> because we have this provincial complex that we are never number one. Look, we made it. We even are, are higher than India or Boyan, we can hear you, but thanks so much for, for the... Um, yeah right. I, I just wanted to say that you, you it's right that that uh, like you're the first one. So I understand the nation, uh, or I don't know those people that are so uh, pre like concerned about not being the first that they first, could now, now be they satisfied. Have their right? chance. Now yeah, they yeah. have their chance. I mean, uh, uh, and I want to take also uh, here. I had a quarrel online with a feminist, Megan Murphy, who said, "Oh, but you don't have uh, 300 cases on a daily basis. Oh, but you are lying. No, I'm not. Look at the data." I mean, 14, October 14th, 304 people dead So from coronavirus. From so. coronavirus. So uh, yeah. I would have expected somebody like Megan Murphy, who may be branded and maybe, you know, very controversial, but at least I expected her to be an honest journalist and to look at the data. And the data is shows the full-scale tragedy that... Uh, we live in Romania. What can I say? We have ambulances staying and forming a queue in, for, in front of the emergency hospital because there are no beds in the ICU units. And on top of everything, we had two fires in Romanian hospitals uh, during the past two years, one in uh, Piatra Nams, the eastern part of the country, and now one. We had one uh, a couple of weeks ago in Constanza, one of the major cities in uh, also in the east. And uh, there you had people dying because the hospital actually caught fire. Why is that? Because the hospitals are and were built during Ceausescu's time. Okay, They are a legacy of the socialist uh, period. And uh, as strong as that, and as uh, resilient as the, these buildings might be, they do not. Um, they were not built to last for so long under such a heavy pressure. And we had situations that, for instance, in Timisoara, the hospitals uh, asked the fire workers to station their equipment and uh, firefighters just in case something, a tragedy like this might strike. So if you're not dead by coronavirus, you have a high chance of, uh, you know, dying in a fire in the hospitals here in Romania. The situation is, is absolutely horrendous. And we had patients being taken to Hungary because we are no longer able to take care of them. Um, and if you call right now the emergency service, you would wait for an hour and a couple of hours just somebody for somebody to answer. And who knows how many hours or days for somebody to come at your door. So basically, the emergency <clears throat> um, system, health system, is uh, is overwhelmed and uh, way over its uh, 
ability. Now, why is this? Uh, because you don't get a catastrophe like this, you know, just like that. I mean, there are causes, very important causes that led us here. First of all, the vaccination campaign. I mean, <clears throat> we have this Megan Murphy, feminist uh, journalist um, thinker that said, Oh, but you know, uh, when you say abortion should be free and uh, legal, you should also, because it is your body, your choice. This is the same case as in, um, this is the same case when you talk about vaccines. Well, it is not, because while having an abortion, I do not risk infecting, uh, I don't know, dozens of people. If I don't get a vaccination, then the risk of spreading the virus and getting a severe form of the illness and ending up in an ICU unit, it's much higher. So I'm placing a burden on each and every one. Besides the philosophical question, the idea here is that unfortunately, unfortunately, the vaccination campaign was a complete disaster, a complete disaster. Uh, they did not invest enough in communication efforts. The vaccination campaign is uh, being managed by the army, by the Romanian army, I mean. <laughs> and this is very, you know, in Romania, uh, I'm laughing because in Romania, this is so um, common because we invest so much in the army secret services and the police and not in uh, hospitals and education that this this is, you know, according to what happens in general in Romania. This is not something surprising. But it was a catastrophe in terms that they did not invest more. And now what do they do? I mean, our dear, our dear president and prime minister and all the rest. I mean, we have only 30% of the population vaccinated, but we have vaccines for everybody, but people refuse to get vaccinated. So it is not a question of lacking vaccines. We have plenty of it, more than enough, but 70% of the population simply is not willingly, oh, <laughs> uh, willing to, to, um, <clears throat> to accept vaccination. Now, why is that? Well, Boyan just showed us here a perfect example. Why. Right. And well, exactly. Why did Romania's was... vaccination campaign derail after such a good start? So apparently you had a good start. I didn't even know that. Well, so. they, we had a wonderful start because people wanted to get vaccinated. And my husband works in IT and uh, he's a computer, uh, you know, uh, wizard and he knows how to program people. And he was very much, uh, you know... Um, asked by a lot of family and friends to help them with the platform, with the online platform. But once the people that were willing to get a vaccine, you know, uh, what, what, well, uh, once that ended, the other part of Romania was completely reluctant. And what was the solution of the government? Just to say, look at these stupid idiots. They are to be blamed. They are the, the source of evil in Romania. They are the ones that drag us down. And this has been going on for decades in Romania. First, we had what it's called. Maybe it will be funny for you to hear it. Well, what was actually going on for decades? I'm going to explain. We always had a scapegoat. And the main, you know, idea to stay in power and to get power was to find the scapegoat. It was like a game the past three decades, at least for right-wingers, but for other politicians as well, 
was this game of who finds the best scapegoat, who finds the most credible scapegoat. And first we had, it's called the sad communist legacy here in Romania. I'm translating it word by word. So we had sad the communist legacy. A sad communist legacy that was to blame for everything. And but that's so strange that they would attribute the word sad to it. Like sad, I, I, they would yes. just play with, with, with emotions in such a cheap yes. manner. Like It's not a drastic, sad. it's not bad, it's not destructive, it's sad. It's yes, sad. a sad communist so, legacy. And the system has only been gone for 30 years, but we're still going to blame it, but okay. And it's still very sad. Yes. It's still very sad. <laughs> and uh, then we had the communist mentality that is just preventing us from becoming this very slick capitalist. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. You want to tell me that there are people trying to explain that there is communist mentality, whatever it's supposed to mean, of that course. is responsible partially or for the whole of it, responsible for the lack of vaccinations. Is that what? <laughs> of course, of course. And okay, okay. Well, that explains that it all. Communism in Romania is like this um, panacea, you know, it's like this. Um, Wonderful it's the ultimate medicine. argument. The ultimate, the ultimate argument. argument. Communism. Like, if you can't say anything, communism. And then the, the discussion <laughs> yeah. ends. That this is like, yeah. It is very interesting how that got into the, um, you know, mentality of common people. Because I get people who have authoritarian bosses in private, uh, you know, companies. And they say, oh, but these are so, such communist managers. And we have that in Romania. Communist managers. Communist managers. managers. <laughs> exactly. Wow. wow. Because wow, wow. You know, there is a complete overlap in Romania uh, between authoritarianism and communism. And whenever mm -hmm. somebody is authoritarian, oh, this communist is such a communist, you know, this is the, okay. the, the okay. common understanding <laughs> of communism in Romania. Oh, and Lord. The second scapegoat that functioned perfectly was the social democrats that were corrupt, were the embodiment of corruption and the destruction of the society. That was the second scapegoat. And the third one was the electorate. The electorate of the social democrats that is formed by stupid people who do not understand that the true way to progress for, for Romania is to adopt hardcore libertarian uh, regulations and laws and to be very much right-wing, okay? Right, right. Which sounds perfectly so, logical because all those people that are not that or the, uh, ex uh, you know, voters for the uh, Social Democrats, they're just going to die of hunger and, uh, you know, then only the, the elite, the best of the, the creme de la creme of the society is going to be there. and actually then have... We actually don't laugh because we actually have one quite influential journalist that's been around, you know, like this public figure. He's the patriarch of uh, uh, television commentators and who said that right now there's so many people who die of coronavirus because uh, most of them haven't got the vaccination. And that means that the IQ will rise in Romania because a lot of stupid people die. So this is a very good thing. Actually. Okay. Okay. So wow. Wow. So this is this is really something, and and he's right wing. And at the same time, when I speak about abortions, or when Maria speaks about, or where our friends and comrades around the world speak about abortions, they would attack us that we are eugenic, or what? Like, is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah, wow, dude, that guy, is, that guy has quite a eugenic point of view. But yeah, eugenic, like, and, exactly and they would accuse us of doing that. Like, this is a perfect example. I mean, they are genuinely thinking that. 
and they are attributing this to us, which is like, you know, projection 110%. Exactly. And lie. Now, let me explain how this function right now, because right now the government says it is not our fault. Look, we are the victims here. People are stupid and they are so stupid they do not deserve such uh, bright politicians like us. The people is to be blamed because they are stupid and backwards and they do not want vaccination. We offer that to them and they do not want it. What can we do? I mean, you knew right from the beginning that... People in Romania are conservatives. I told you that Friedrich Eber conducted the research and 95% of Romanians says that they believe in God and 44% say they pray on a daily basis. This is the... Yeah, yeah, but wait, wait. If you don't like it, why go into politics? Stay home if you don't like your yeah, own watch people. watch Netflix, you're right. Yeah, but, but I want to ask you... Like another... I mean, come on, nobody forced you to go there that's, and become a true. politician. Or if you, if you see that the people are so reluctant in accepting you as are so, uh, as you say, stupid, why don't you resign? Yeah, but not only this, it's not only that. Look, I mean, there's a question of responsibility here, which uh, I'm afraid people, uh, particularly in our cultural circles, like in Eastern Europe, are not really prepared to confront because there's a lot of speak, and and this is something that uh, is particularly irritating for me in our cultures, that people don't are not able to distinct between responsibility and guilt. And it's not the same thing because it might be the direct, uh, uh, the, it might be that the person X, Y, or Z is is guilty of not getting a vaccination or something because they are ignorant or because they, they are prejudiced or because they, they, it might be so that the direct guilt is to, uh, the direct blame is there. But the responsibility for the whole thing is on the shoulders of those who run the country. So regardless of whether you're, uh, whether you think that your voters or the voters of some other party are stupid or, or whatever, you remain the person responsible, and it, it is your fault. I mean, you don't get to say it's not my fault. Everything that happens in this country is your responsibility, including the people dying, including those who are who are vaccinated and don't die, and including you know. Everything that happens. So regardless of whether people are ignorant or whether you you think they are uh, or whether they are religious or not, you are there. It's your country. I mean, it. you run it. The government is in your hands. Make it good. If you think people are ignorant, educate them. Okay? Go ahead and educate them. Where were you? And that's a perfect... Actually, actually, that's a perfect uh, segue because... because I because I want to make sure that we get Boyan in. So uh, what? So Boyan, before we get to your thumbs up and thumbs down. So Maria, so your thumbs up is for the hospital workers uh, going on a strike, which actually even includes uh, cleaners and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. all power to the people. But your th- uh, but, 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 but your thumbs down is for the Romanian government and their terrible terrible response to uh, coronavirus and them okay. saying, hey. Not our fault. The electorate is just too uh, the, the the electorate is just too stupid to not so go trust, rule somewhere uh, else. Go rule where the, the where the electorate exactly. is is smart. It will see if they're going to elect you. You know, exactly. because I mean it's such a it's such a self mm, self indicting things to say. I mean the electorate is stupid. Yet the electorate has chosen you. 
Like, is it just paradoxical? Like, so, boy, yeah, uh, so, 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 okay, okay. Uh, just one uh, on top of everything, we have a political crisis because the union between the evangelical, uh, you know, uh, uh, they are not evangelicals, but they have a name that uh, sounds like an evangelical organization. So, the Union Save Romania and the National Liberal Split over the firing of the Ministry of Health. And on September 1st, we have a, we started to experience an ongoing political crisis. And right now we have, um, it was struck down from power to Florin Kutsu and his government, and we are waiting for the forming of a new government. And who knows, maybe um, elections, uh, if... A second government is still not approved by the parliament. And on so top the government's of actually fallen else, now. Yes, and on top of everything. No government, else, no healthcare system, no no nothing. So I, I feel yes. like I'm in some sort of train that goes somewhere and nobody's at the wheel. This is the the situation. So Boyan, before we run out of time, uh, what, are, what, are, what are your thumbs up, thumbs down? Oh, there were so many thumb da- thumb downs uh, recently that I observed that I it's a difficult s- selection to make. You know, uh, what do you actually want to offer here to our audience? But uh, well, and I just and, I, and yeah, and I, and I and I just want to say, in terms of the uh, ongoing coronavirus crisis, that is definitely a topic that we definitely have to save for another uh, for you know you know you know for another day. But I've I've been but, but yeah, in, in terms of coronavirus and 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 the responses of. Everyone and anyone, Ooh, a whole lot of thumbs down. But, but anyway, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, but but you know, this tell this should tell you something that it's a systemic problem. It's not because when you look at it globally, you will easily see that countries like China or Vietnam or or, or you know uh, those which are not necessarily uh, not capitalist like. Uh, well, like those two that I mentioned, but or Cuba, right? But also those countries with more of a collectivist culture embedded in their uh, societies, they react better to this kind of thing. And you know, I, even when you uh, when you compare uh, the let's say the um, uh, the attitude of the medics uh, in in Poland and Russia, for example, then you will see that uh, the Polish medics, because uh, that's the that's the paradigm that the society operates with. They would uh, initially say, like, "Oh, we, you know, we will only treat um, patients with COVID, or we stay over time only if we are get paid if we get paid for it," which is like a perfectly re- legitimate position, of course, because they they in the final aftermath, so many medics have died of coronavirus because there was no, uh, you know, protective equipment and so on and so forth, and because of the reactions of the government and because of the organization or disorganization of the hospitals or the entire healthcare system. That's all true, but you know, when you compare it, for example to Russia, which I remember because, you know, I read the Russian media and there was a huge rush on the part of the medics, also those that were not fully medics, uh, I, I mean, students in medical universities all over Russia, they were rushing to help as volunteers. You know, a whole hospital was built in the periphery of Moscow, uh, you know, a super modern one where... Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, and within, well, not weeks, but months, but we're talking about a completely different attitude, okay? And I think this does play a role. It's something that has been not not really been part of the analysis, like how 
different societies have reacted to it, uh, regardless fact, of the very it, yeah. Theory, I mean, yeah. I, I I I I had no idea about that story because all we ever hear about Russia is you know negative. Uh, yeah, of course, and that they eat children and 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 you know putting <laughs> uh, particularly babies and stuff. Right, of course. So so but, but this is I, I'm just giving it as an example that there there are certain elements in this uh, general puzzle that are not being discussed, and I think they do deserve to be discussed. Uh, so not only economic but also cultural and 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 sociological, if you like. So, uh, well, but uh, when it comes to Poland, I want to say that it's just thumbs thumb da thumbs down all the time uh, for, and it's been like that for I don't know how many for, for how many months. In the past, I used to have some, well, I wouldn't say sympathy for the current government because, of course, I, there is no way that a, a, a Marxist could have any kind of sympathy for Catholic right wing fundamentalists. But uh, you know, I did defend that government a couple of times, okay, because they actually passed through certain solutions, uh, particularly in, in the social sphere, uh, that made, made sense, and they were uh, favorable for the working class. So I will support anything favorable for the working class, regardless of who's going to take that step. Uh, but now I got to tell you that uh, despite the fact that I don't react emotionally to politics, and I'm against emotional reactions to politics, I'm for rational kind of Marxist stoicism, if I can say so, uh, I, I have to say that uh, what they were doing uh, and what they have been doing over the last uh, couple of weeks and a couple of months is something that's so morally impermissible, so uh, 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 violent and, and so brutal and so horrific, so hair-raising, you know, that even if they tomorrow they they pass through some kind of law that every person in need will get five thousand euros or will be getting five thousand euros for the next year every month, I will not vote for them, and I will, I will tell everybody not to do that, because uh, the most horrendous, absolutely, uh, uh, you know, it's not it's not even disgusting. It's like gut wrenching for me was what they were doing on the polish belarusian border which is you know this migrant question uh mm. and and mm -hmm. of course everything and the west likes that everything is blamed on lukashenko and that's partially correct because lukashenko is trying to spark a humanitarian crisis on the eastern border of the european union and on the borders of poland latvia and lithuania and of course he is to be blamed but then you know if you have and if you that's the same point here in Europe, that he's a bad, evil dictator. And, you know, then you obviously expect bad things from him, right? So he's doing a bad thing right now. And you are supposed to react how? As, like, the opposite, not do the bad thing, right? You're supposed to do the good thing. And the good thing, and the smart thing, of course, would be to receive those people and to uh, engage in negotiations with the rest of the European Union, particularly with Germany, and 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 of course other countries like France or, or you know the West, basically, okay, to to start discussing how are we going to distribute those people that are putting that are obviously migrants which want to get into Europe. And for Poland, it would be no problem to do this because those people who are pressing, who are creating that that pressure, okay, along the the along, alongside the border with Belarus. Are, they don't want to stay in Poland. Maybe some of them want to, but it's like, you know, most of them want to go to Germany, to Netherlands, to, to you know, some other countries where the communities of, uh, I don't know, Iraqi communities or, or other uh, from other Arab states are, are, are strong and, and where they want to go because they want to feel more like, you know, safely. So it would be no problem. I mean, they they don't want to stay in Poland, so it it would really be no problem to to receive them and then to start uh, distributing all those migrants according to some agreement that 
uh, could have potentially been struck. But instead of that, Poland reacted exactly the way that Lukashenko expected they're going to react. So, like, they're flexing their muscles, like, we're going to build the wall, we're not going to let the migrants uh, get in. You know, the Poland border, the Polish border has to be safe. And they kept repeating that the Polish border has to be safe, yet people are dying on that border and have been dying for the last weeks. Uh, quite recently... A 16-year-old person died there, uh, and and you know they, they were pushed back, which is completely a completely illegal procedure from the point standpoint of the international law. Because what you're doing by pushing back, quote unquote, is you're trafficking people. That's what you're doing, regardless of whether you're a border guard uh, 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 person or whether you're just a private uh, criminal. Uh, isn't so, it safe to say? But isn't it safe to say that Poland is also complicit in this? Uh, of course. Absolutely, you know, in all this, because Poland, which is a member of NATO, is you know trying to you know overthrow the government of Alexander Lukashenko, hmm. and whether he's a Democrat or not, hey, if you're violating a country's sovereignty, that country has right. the right to, by any means, uh, you know, stay on to power to avoid a coup, and so these people are fleeing from you know you know from from political meddling and Poland is a partner in crimes this because Poland is a member of you know of, of of NATO and these people who are fleeing thinking like oh we want to go to the wonderful you know oh yeah, uh, members oh, yeah. but also the Union, the, they're being met with you know guns basically yeah. or walls or something like that but also pushbacks I mean those pushbacks this particularly uh, particularly this is a particularly disgusting case morally disgusting because this 16 year old boy uh, he was he was sick, okay? He was spitting blood. And they still, instead of taking him to a hospital, they just threw him back to the woods. Like, uh, and he died there. That, that's the, that's wow. the situation. So it would be more humanitarian, actually, to have shot him because he wouldn't have suffered, at least. So this is the level... Of and, they're and, they're, and, they're, and they're better than Alexander Lukashenko. They, they're play? somehow better than Alexander Lukashenko. <laughs> yeah, they're somehow better. But, but, but thanks for mentioning that, because actually this is the price, because there's a moral aspect to that, but there's also a political aspect. And the political aspect is that Poland is right now paying its price for flexing its muscles and pretending to be an empire. That's what they're doing, because... Lukashenko is it's his revenge on Poland and on the European Union on everything uh, for everything that they uh, they've done last year against him trying to remove him from power uh and 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 this is this is just his revenge I think it's cruel I think it's absolutely inhumane I think it's terrible and I think he should be condemned for this but hey guys like you know how come you did not know it's going to happen and if you pretended you were an empire and and you're so strong and and you're so uh, uh, you know, somehow um, able, right, politically, and, and you've got the backing of the Western powers. Well, do something with this situation if you're so strong and so great. And the only thing that they can do is respond with violence. And this is, and then, of course, when you respond with violence, people are dying. And on top of everything, they tell me they are very strong and the response is very strong. And they had to actually enact emergency uh, state along the border, like in a small stripe of land. Uh, along the border in order to let the military, to let the police, to let the border guards, to let all those uh, who exercise the state violence to do whatever they like without journalists, because journalists have been kicked out of that zone, which is, there, there are no journalistic reports. It's only sometimes when people, before they get caught by the military, by the police or by the border police, that they can film something or help someone or, I don't know, throw some uh, sleeping bags or or blankets or something. This is This is the way... 
that the situation is. I mean, there are some brave people trying to play games with the military, with the border police and the police in order to help the people that those guys are killing effectively. Some of them at least, right? So, I mean, wow. we're in a situation, and this is done in the European Union, in the center of Europe. And on top of everything, it's done with uh, with uh, with the support of the European Union. You will see, you know, Google it out. You will see Frontex and all the European bureaucrats are going to tell you, yes, we support the Polish, uh, you know, efforts to secure the border of the European Union and so on and so forth. I'm not, Really, go to Google and see that for yourself. So, uh, you see, this but is I something really that should... The, the, the mystic terms, you know, they are securing the border, not killing people. Yeah, that's really yeah, 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 clever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this somehow costing this uh, this government down in uh, terms Absolutely. of their reputation? No, no, no. Like, yes and no. I mean, it's costing financially. And that's why I said yes, because I thought you were referring to this particular aspect. So, yeah, financially, it's going to cost, uh, it is costing already uh, tons of money. I mean, I can't give you exact figures right now, but we're talking about huge mobilization, okay, of the army and of the police and of the border police, something absolutely unprecedented. And uh, uh, it, it does cost a lot of money. Plus, you know, the the inaction of the emergency state and, and the, the, there are compensations to follow. Uh, plus, of course, the building of the wall, which is, you know, uh, uh, which is uh, we know it from, from, from the US, right? From Trump and, and, you know, all the quarrels about how much money have, uh, must be invested in this. So, yeah, uh, we're talking about millions and millions and millions of zlotys and euros. That are that this uh, entire operation is going to eat up, but this also speaks to the l complete and utter lack of competence of those people. Because if you are a competent politician, then you're going to do something to reduce the costs, to make as little trouble for you, for you and your country or whatever your budget, even if you like, and uh, and you're going to use it to create a leverage for yourself, but particularly with the people that you claim you are in conflict with, like the European Union. That would have been a perfect storm for Kaczynski and the other, uh, you know, law and justice, law and justice, the currently ruling uh, party in Poland, you know, right-wing Catholic fundamentalists. This would have been, a, it could have been a perfect storm. They could have gathered those people and then they could have blackmailed even, if you like, you know, the, the, the European Union, uh, the, the, the Western centers. They're saying that, look, do you want us to do the same that Lukashenko did to us? Because if you don't agree to certain things that we propose here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, put them on tracks or trains or whatever, and we're going to just put them on your border and then you're going to deal with them. You know, from that point, uh, from that moment on, and they wouldn't have to be forced those migrants to do that because they really want to go further yeah. in Poland. So yeah, and and we're talking about lack of competence, uh, completely stupid, nonsensical, violent, and morally impermissible reactions, uh, and uh, all this happening with the acceptance of the EU. Okay, so thumbs down, and 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 uh, you know, it's uh, very mildly put, thumbs down. It's something really horrendous. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's one thing. And second thing, look, you said, Maria, you asked whether people are getting, um, irritated by that or, or somehow, uh, turned off uh, and whether the reputation of law and justice is suffering from that. Well, no, <laughs> no. Why is that? Well, because the majority of people, right, uh, particularly those who are interested in, in whatever is happening in the public sphere, they are receiving from the from the government the following message we are securing the borders there are there there's a pressure uh created by lukashenko who is transporting migrants illegal 
you know, forcing them to illegally cross the border or uh, uh, or kind of uh, explaining that this is a possibility to those people. And, uh, you know, majority of the, the majority of the people, they, they do want to have the, the borders of the country they live in protected, right? And the majority of the people do understand that it's not okay to actually, you know, cross the border wherever you want. And because it's just not fair in a sense that, like, they have to cross the borders of the countries where they go to in a concrete and specific place with concrete and specific documents. So how do you confront this? Well, you confront this politically. Exactly. You know, I gave you a few solutions, political solutions, how it could have been handled. But unfortunately, no one wants to confront that politically, including the left. They want to confront that morally. You know, and confronting the right wing morally is a very challenging endeavor. And I don't think it actually works because it's the right wing. It's their culture. It's their identity that everything they do is about morality and, and, and you know, morals and rules of morality and so on and so forth. While we should be those that actually offer, okay, morality, fine, you can have your morality, but we want to offer some universal solutions that are going to work for everyone. And we should be able to offer a solution that is going to work for everyone in this particular situation. So, you know, it was, there was a moment, there was a moment, there was a moment when it was, when we could have as the left, okay, I mean, not really myself, because I don't really have much of influence, but those in the parliament, for example, they could have explained that, look, there is the board definitely borders should be secure, borders should be whatever protected, borders should be, you know, uh, patrolled and so on and so forth. But, you know, instead of doing this, which is a bad political choice, which is also inhumane, where people are suffer and suffer and die, we could have gone completely, we could have gone another way. We could have taken, we could have decided something else. Had there been any discussion, had there been any sort of, you know, possibility for other political factors to also take part in it and decide about the government's response, things would have been different. Obviously, they would have been different. Uh, but no, they went their own way. Uh, they went on a violent rampage against those people. And uh, of course, because they have practiced that for for the last, uh, well, over 10 years since Smolensk and since the disaster uh, of the plane that crashed in Russia and killed the Polish president at the time, they, they have practiced this, this hysteric, uh, this... Yeah, hysteric, uh, sort of disbalancing the uh, society emotionally and making it hysteric, okay? So, uh, you know, there is no way, in my opinion, at the moment that this is going to end well. I think the the humanitarian crisis is going to happen. And finally, this is going to be decided by foreign foreign to Poland factors. It's going to be decided by Belarus. It's going to be decided by Berlin, by, by, I don't know, maybe Russia even to some extent, but most certainly, you know, Poland in the final aftermath is going to stay the country that invested money, that killed people, that, you know, did all kinds of cruel things on the border. And this is what we're going to be left with, deaths and deaths, right? Uh, But uh, otherwise, this is not the way that you can really solve it. Because, okay, now we've got like 1,000, I don't know, a couple of hundred people, but soon we're going to have 1,000, 3,000, 4,000, maybe 10,000. Okay, because Lukashenko isn't stopping. And I'm sure he's just, you know, eating popcorn and drinking champagne, looking at it. <laughs> and that just, is uh, so sad just, that and then, uh, Trump, but 
And I, I thank you so much for because here in Romania, of course, we are overwhelmed. As I told you, we have such a tragic situation, but we don't hear about it much. We don't hear about it. Yeah, you don't hear about it because the West supports this what Poland is doing right now. And because the West supports it, then you will not get, uh, you know, all kinds of... And especially that Poland is giving them all kinds of other things to to be outraged about. Like, for example, and by the way, it's a segue uh, to my next thumbs down. And this is thumbs down globally for everyone. I, I, I don't know who's who's worse in this situation because you might have heard about it. Uh, there's There's been a lot of outrage about how Poland is leaving the EU. Have you heard about <laughs> Polar yeah, X? Complete yeah. and utter nonsense. Like Kaczynski cannot get Poland out of the EU. Kaczynski is too small. No one's going to allow this to happen. Okay, even if he he actually wanted this to happen, no one would allow this. Uh, and and uh, first, the Americans would knock on his door and would tell him, "Hey, hey, hey, don't get carried away." All right. <laughs> That's what would happen, uh, and uh, and he would have to listen because you know I, I understand that he doesn't like Joe Biden and he preferred Donald Trump, but Joe Biden is there, and uh, Joe Biden is trying to redesign, well, redevelop the friendly terms that uh, U.S. has been on with the European Union. So absolutely no things like that would happen. And uh, for the last five or six years since the since law and justice took power, they kind of got got us used to them listening to the to Americans only. Like if Americans say something, then obviously they're just going to go ahead and do that, regardless of whether they they tell them that privately or officially, or whether some American bureaucrat says something about what Poland should do on a random press conference okay so they just go ahead and do that so that's that's one and obviously everybody in the european union knows that uh and the people in in poland know that as well i mean not the people not the audience maybe so much but the, the politicians they know that so it's just a lot of hot air and nothing else this is just and it's very convenient for ursula von der leyen and it's very uh, useful for kaczynski because this emotional disbalancing can go on and they can you know and there could be more emotional venom you know spitted into the public and this is, and everybody it's, and could it's, be and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's and mostly just gas it, it, you know isn't it mostly just gaslighting so like when victor orban so when victor orban or one of these you know far right douchebags does their latest you know like anti you know, a uh, queer policy, you know, the European yeah. Union gets to paint itself as this wonderful liberal left, uh, yeah. Body yeah, it's of exactly stuff. That. But that's all, exactly. but that's all smoke and mirrors because when it gets to the nitty gritty, they're all, when you get to the nitty gritty, they're, 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 they're all NATO. They all, they, they, they all want to prop up this, uh, uh, they they all they all want to prop up uh, neoliberalism. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Of but course, but when you there. when you get to the nitty gritty, you will immediately see that this is all hot air or gaslighting because it's all it, it's all happening around a, a ruling by the Polish Constitutional Tribunal that the Polish Constitution is the most important legal act for the country and for the politicians, for lawmakers, for the judicial uh, apparatus, and so on and so forth. Now, how is this a surprise? I don't know, because 
pretty constitutionalism didn't start yesterday. You know, it's kind of like I mean, the first constitution, Polish constitution, was uh, uh, was enacted in in the 18th century, and everybody knows what constitution is about. You don't have to have a PhD in political science to know that. So obviously, this is the case. And this kind of ruling by the constitutional tribunal has been made exactly this kind of that the Polish constitution is the highest legal act in for Poland. Has been has been done previously. Actually, it has been done for the first time uh, one year after Poland joined the EU, because there were some misunderstandings regarding extradition, and actually they had to change the constitution because of that. And and it, from from two thousand and five, we know because the Polish High Court, or not High Court, sorry, the Constitutional Tribunal said explicitly that if there is a conflict between the European law, and I'm simplifying it right now, okay? So the European law and the Polish law, then. This thing, this contradiction, has to be resolved by either changing the Polish law or by uh, uh, influencing the European factor to change their laws or interpret their laws differently, or by changing the constitution if this uh, if this is uh, necessary, or by leaving the EU. And these are the old the, the four logical concepts that you can have, right? And this ruling is nothing else than just and it's not even a kind of ruling as, as a verdict it's just it's called in the polish legal system an interpretational resolution that's what it's called <laughs> so it's just an interpretation of obvious facts and of course it was done now because uh there's this co ongoing conflict right between uh, uh between warsaw and brussels so kaczynski wanted to flex its muscles okay so he flexed the, the muscles and Everybody, all thinking politicians, should have just waved their head, hands or shrugged their shoulders and go like, okay, so they interpreted something, like big deal. But no, no, of course, uh, you know, they're going to, uh, to make all kinds of statements like the foreign ministers of France and Netherlands and whatever, and, and, and the, there's going to be even more hot air. While in Poland, they are going to call for demonstrations. The government and the opposition, like they want to take us out of the EU and all the EU, all those who are EU fans, they have to gather 100,000 people listening to Donald Tusk last Sunday on the on one of the main squares in Warsaw. And Donald, I listened to that speech. He said nothing. He just said, those people, they want to take us out of the EU. You know, like, this is, and this is the level of politics. And then there are some other people who support the government or even some more right-wing uh, organizations, political organizations, on a counter-demonstration. I don't know. Uh, and they would they would go like, you know, down with cultural Marxism or something like that. And this is the state of politics today. I mean, we're talking about a big Central European country, Poland, 40 million people, you know, respected country. And this kind of thing. And, and you know, and, and how are you even going to make politics in this kind of situation? Like, people are totally, you know, there, there's, we definitely, it's a disaster of the, uh, of the political system here. I mean, we're we're somewhere beyond politics, beyond ideologies, beyond understanding of reality. We have departed from uh, from the Enlightenment, and we are somewhere in 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 those uh, areas where you know people exercise magical thinking, wishful thinking, <laughs> weird interpretation, hallucinations that Poland is leaving the EU and stuff like that. So this is completely metaphysical. What's happening? It's it's got nothing to do with reality, nothing to do with material conditions. Nothing to do with economy, nothing to do with politics, foreign policy, or anything like that. The only in this entire circus, metaphysical circus, the only material things are people dying on the border and the the prices rising 
drastically. Those are the two elements of reality, which are the product, the direct product of law and justice's rule reign here in Poland. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, we went, well, we, we went a bit over time. I think that's right. probably a good place to, uh, to, uh, end it. So, uh, so thank you all for uh, joining us. We hope to, uh, join you again. Uh, Boyan, when are we going to, uh, when, when are we going to do this again? Hopefully, uh, next, uh, next month, but, uh, yeah, next month at the end of November. All right, and thank you everyone for joining. Uh, thank, thank you, uh, ah, thank you everyone for joining us on the barricades. Thank you, Boylan and 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 Maria for inviting me back on, and we hope to do this again soon. And as always, as Boylan would, uh, well, as the great Edward R. Morrow would say, "Good night and good luck." Or as Boylan would say, uh, "Stay safe and stay healthy." Right. Yeah, and keep fighting, and don't forget to go to our Patreon page, patreoncom barricade and uh, help out to the extent that you uh, feel you can afford. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>